This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rushan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Season 4 of Inspiring Design with Rushan Senanayaka. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends, as well as stakeholders, all the while linking it back into education within schools and universities. Today's episode is an international recording, and this time we connect with a very special guest and entrepreneur, Rory Aronson, all the way from California, USA. Rory is a mechanical engineer and social entrepreneur focused on large-scale social and environmental challenges. He aims to benefit humankind and the environment by taking his ideas into action via engineering, design, entrepreneurship, and personal lifestyle choices. Not only that, Rory is the founder of FarmBot Incorporated. FarmBot designs and manufactured 100% open source farming robots for home, educational, and research purposes. These machines available in a variety of sizes can plant, seed, water, measure soil moisture, and take photos to identify weeds and then abate them. Users control their own system from a web-based application right from the comfort of their own home devices such as phones, tablets, or even your laptop. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Rory, welcome to Inspiring Design. Rory, welcome to Inspiring Design, mate. Can we start off with a little bit of background? What's your story? Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, So I studied mechanical engineering at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo in California. I graduated in 2013. And right after school, I wanted to start my own business. So uh, I had several different ideas, but the one I decided to go running with is FarmBot. Um, I actually came up with the idea while I was in school. Um, I was taking, you know, the usual engineering classes, um, but I also took an organic agriculture class, and I was also working at my local makerspace and playing around with 3D printers and laser cutters and CNC routers. And uh, also at home, I was gardening, uh, you know, by hand with a hose and a shovel and uh, people used to garden. Yeah. Uh, in the backyard. And, um, you know, between work and school and life, um, you know, I'd go out of town for the weekend and the garden would suffer. You know, when I would start off the season, there was a lot of energy, momentum behind it, excitement, put the seeds in the ground, really um, take care of everything really nicely. And then as time went on, you know, week three, week four, week five into the growing season, Uh, you know, get lazy, go out of town, forget to water, the weeds start taking, taking over everything. And so 
I thought to myself, you know, man, there's got to be some kind of 3D printer or, you know, CNC router for the garden. Mm. Um, and so I, I looked up on Google and tried to find something of that nature and was kind of surprised that, that nothing really existed like that. And so that's, that's where FarmBot came from and uh, started running with that idea and graduated from school and have been working on it ever since. Awesome. So how long has Farm, FarmBot been around? So we became a company uh, in early 2016, and we yeah. started selling product to customers in July of 2016. Awesome. And um, are there any aspirations towards coming to Australia? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, right now we, we do sell globally. Mm. Um, so we ship to customers all over the world. Um, you know, our team is mostly based in the U.S., but we do have a team member in Belgium and another one up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we work with people all over the world uh, and our customers are everywhere. So hotspots definitely in the United States and Europe, but also in Australia, uh, New Zealand, Japan, China, India. Uh, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Love that, love that. And I think one of the biggest things, this kind of thing, it would be perfect for a school environment for students to know about a whole array of different technologies and the agricultural component. So before we get on to those exciting things, I actually wanted to ask you from your expert opinion, this particular industry you're in currently, you know, it's a combination of tech and engineering and agriculture kind of amalgamated into one. But what did this industry look like from your point of view, let's say 50 years ago? Oh, 50 years ago. (laughs) um, Yeah, very different. Um, You know, 50 years ago was around the time of the green revolution. Um, So what what was happening in agriculture was uh, the simplification of the farm. So, you know, really long ago, the farm used to have a big diversity of of plants, of crops, of animals, um, you know, the, it was an ecosystem. And with the green revolution and with the advent of these uh, very capable, large mechanized tractors, um, people started simplifying the farm. So uh, historically or, or typically, machines are very good at doing one task very you know, repetitively. Mm. And so if you're trying to design a tractor to take care of a plot of land and, you know, are you going to design a tractor that can uh, pull weeds and plant corn seeds and harvest uh, zucchini squash and prune pepper plants and do, you know, 500 other things? Hmm. No, that's going to be very difficult to do. You're probably going to come up with a implement that can be towed behind the tractor that does one task and it does it really well and it can do it at scale. Uh, so that's, you know, basically what happened is the, the farm got turned into um, basically a monocrop, right? Mm-hmm. A vast swath of land where there's a single crop type on the land and then you have these machines that can do single operations uh, at scale. Um, and there's a trade-off there, right? With a ecosystem type farm where you have a bunch of different crops, uh, farm animals, et cetera, 
um, you know, the animals are going to be fertilizing the land, uh, the crops can be chosen to uh, help each other out with beneficial insects, or one provides shade for the other, or one pulls nutrient, a certain nutrient, for example, nitrogen from the land, and then the next uh, season, you, you use a legume to put nitrogen back into the soil. Um, and it's, you know, you can manage it in this sustainable way. Uh, but with the simplification of the, of the farm down to a single crop, uh, a lot of those sort of natural biological benefits went away. And that's where the Green Revolution came in with, okay, we need to supplement with um, synthesized fertilizers and um, you know, pesticides and all sorts of things to basically stabilize the system um, because it, it's, you know, you never go out in nature and find just a single crop or, you know, a single bug somewhere. It's always an ecosystem of various, um, yeah. of diversity. Um, so 50 years ago, um, you know, it was kind of this transition from uh, farms that were taken care of very intensively by people. You know, lots of people used to work in agriculture. Um, thousands of years ago, it was almost everyone was a farmer. Uh, today, it's about 2% of people, at least in the United States, are working in, in agriculture. Um, and, you know, that's, that's good in a lot of ways. It allows people to branch out and, and pursue engineering and the arts and, you know, all of the other things that people do. Uh, but it has come at the cost of, um, you know, sustainability for the environment, the health of the produce that we are, are making, um, and, you know, all sorts of other ramifications. So, you know, fast forward to today, um, technology is very different, right? We have the internet, we have um, these very low cost, small computers that we can put, you know, the Raspberry Pi, it can fit in your back pocket and it has plenty of computing power to connect to the internet and hold a bunch of information about how, how to grow plants. Um, you can have a neural network running on a small device like an iPhone that can, you know, process images very quickly and make smart decisions. So the ability for technology today to manage a polycrop um, is a lot greater. So, you know, I talked about you would never make a machine that can do X, Y, Z, A, B, C tasks because it's, it's infeasible. Well, that, that was the case 50 years ago, but today it's, it's very different and, and we actually can do stuff more like that. So that's kind of where FarmBot fits back in. Can you detail the technologies that are part of what the industry looks like now? So you obviously mentioned things like the specific devices, the internet obviously coming into things. What are the actual technologies that, that play a role in this industry now? Right, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things going on in, this, in the agriculture ag tech space. Mm -hmm. um, obviously we have FarmBot, uh, but on more of an industrial scale, uh, there are drones. Mm -hmm. So people will fly drones over a field and the drones are equipped with cameras and um, uh, hyperspectral imaging equipment. So they can take photos and videos of the crops and the land and, and um, identify pests or where there's a problem, where something needs more fertilizer or the, the fruits are ripe. Um, they can identify 
what's going on in the field and then essentially create a prescription mm-hmm. uh, and then other equipment, for example, irrigators or um, another drone that flies over with uh, some type of pesticide or uh, a tractor that's going to drive over and uh, do planting at various um, intervals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all this information will be combined into a prescription that gets then utilized by other equipment to take care of the farm and, and plant the crops accordingly in a way that's going to be optimized, yeah. um, you know, pursuing the, the biggest yield or a certain, um, you know, cost efficiency with, with the output. Yeah. So drones is a big um, new technology um, that's powered by, you know, very precise GPS systems. Mm-hmm. GPS RTK is the uh, technical term, which allows you to get sort of like uh, accuracy within plus or minus 10 centimeters, wow. which is better than, you know, the GPS in your phone. Um, there's also satellite imagery that does some of the same. Um, so of course, tracking the weather and, you know, looking, zooming in even more now to the crop level um, wow. and the field level. Um, there's all sorts of smart um, connected sensors so farmers can uh, have these little boxes and these sensor modules that, that get stuck in the ground um, at various points in the field and they're all internet connected. So they'll report back, um, you know, the soil moisture content, the temperature, the ambient light. And with all that information, you can figure out, okay, when is, uh, you know, you can figure out with more precision, uh, when is a good time to replant uh, how is the soil health doing? How are the crops doing? Do we need to water more or less? You know, the weather report said it was going to rain, but did it actually rain? How much? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of these different technologies create a lot of data, um, and then you can you can act on that data. Probably the last piece of the puzzle there would be um, AI and machine learning um, and big data type mm-hmm. analytics. Yeah. Uh, so with all of this data, all these all these sensor readings, um, information about crops, genetics as well. Um, you know, you plug all that stuff into uh, an AI model, and if it's been sufficiently trained, it can help make decisions about how to manage the farm, manage the crops better than uh, you know an individual can do. And it can do it at scale. It can do it instantly. It can do it several times a day. Um, you know, so the job of the farmer is, is becoming more and more technical. It's mm-hmm. about uh, managing economics of the farm. It's about managing supply chain, about uh, selecting the best technology and equipment uh, and sort of setting up all of these pieces of technology that talk to each other. Um, the sensors talk to, um, you know, the data analytics platform, which, which talks to the tractor equipment and the tractors, you know, basically drive themselves these days. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's become a lot more of a, you know, like an IT job than Mm -hmm. it is uh, what you might think of as a farmer, you know, out there with uh, in the dirt necessarily. Yeah. And I think that's the scary part for a lot of people because of this huge transition on what this industry used to look like. And it was very analog and a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And so now it's become a whole different beast. So diving into 
what's actually required for being successful in that industry. In your opinion, what are the key skills and attributes? I know you've kind of already touched based on it um, briefly just there, but it, especially if someone's, let's say, in high school now or even primary school or studying in university, given what the industry is going to look like in the next 5, 10, 20 years, what are the key skills that they, they're going to need to focus on? You know, I think it's going to be very technology focused. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be aspects of biology and, and soil science and plant science, uh, but all centered around how do we use these sciences and plug them into a technology platform mm -hmm. that can automate a lot of these decisions, you know, because at the end of the day, most people don't want to do manual, tedious, repetitive labor of any kind, right? Whether that's working on the computer and doing something tedious, or it's, it's working in the field, um, you know, doing some type of manual physical process. Most people don't wanna do that. That's why uh, definitely here in California, there's a shortage of farm labor, um, or that's, that's one contributing factor. Uh, it's, it's why most people don't want to, most young people don't think of themselves as going into the ag sector Mm -hmm. um, as a career path, uh, because they think of farming at, and farming in the future as still this manual process um, yeah. that's backbreaking and and difficult and not mentally engaging. Mm -hmm. But I think the way the industry is going is that it's a lot of what farming will be will be managing, um, uh, you know, software products. It will be managing technology, robots. Um, yeah fleets of sensors and drones um and so i think any kind of technology um experience with technology and sort of the cutting edge of um computing power and ai and sensors and data analytics those are all the skills that are going to be needed for producing food efficiently at scale uh you know in these automated ways that use uh, technology to do the actual physical labor, you know, parts. Yeah. And I think this is one of those industries that due to the involvement of technology, all the repetitive tasks, like you said, they've become, instead of manual labor that we as humans have to do, they've now become replaced by automation and some sort of technology that can look after it. Like you said, multiple times a day without a worry, just keep doing it over and over again. But at the same time, even though that in itself has become a job loss, I think it's created another three, four different types of jobs just to be able to manage that and successfully make sure they're integrated, implemented, built, the technologies keeps evolving. So I'm loving what you're putting down. So absolutely. What I think what you're uh, what you've mentioned there can be brought down to the STEM subjects or even STEAMs, which is the science, engineering, um, mathematics, technology, and even arts with a little bit of creativity, critical mm -hmm. problem solving that comes into it. Are you familiar with design thinking over there to, um, in, in, that, in this capacity? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to you know, play a huge role because um, the farming of the future is it's very multidisciplinary, you know, it's going to be robotics, it's going to be um, software, it's going to be AI, it's going to be um, 
you know, how do we create an experience for a customer or an end user um, to be able to get food on demand, uh, you know, logistics, there's going to be all sorts of things, um, packaging, food safety, uh, mechanical engineering for the robotics, um, you know, maintenance type stuff, there's going to be so many different jobs. Um, and those jobs will be uh, interfacing with products and and platforms that have been designed by people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how does the data flow from point A to point B? How does the equipment work and actually physically, you know, manipulate the plants or, or harvest something? And then how do you get that, you know, to the next spot? And there's going to be a lot of design work that goes into those systems. Love that. Absolutely love it. And I think similar to the US, Australia has the um, luxury of land and I'm here in Queensland and when you go further north in Queensland you start to see a lot of crops in different types of um, environments especially the regional towns with sugarcane farms and so on and that's only about four hours drive from where I am in Brisbane and because of the luxury of land I think we still resort to that previous generation of how we the way you described it 50 years ago we still do those monocrops and uh, work with it so you actually see very little integration of technology into it currently as well even to date so what are your what's your advice for countries that have the luxury of farm uh, farmland but um, haven't necessarily taken that leap to integrate technology at a more foundational level well, you know, I think all technology starts out um, more limited and expensive. Mm -hmm. And with time, with investment, with um, further iteration, it becomes uh, less expensive, it becomes more robust, it becomes more fully featured and easy to use. And so even, you know, even though I think a lot of farms, as you mentioned, don't have a lot of technology integrated today, uh, there's going to be, I think, sort of this sweep that happens um, over the next 10 to 20 years, mm -hmm. which is the advent of these super low cost um, sensors, the Internet of Things, um, all of these little AI chips that can go into these low powered electronics. And, you know, e even though it's expensive today, in a couple of years, a farmer is going to be able to you know, make their farm a smart farm mm -hmm. relatively affordably, relatively easily in the same way that we've been seeing um, like home automation really take off in the last 10 years with the smart light bulbs and all of these internet connected, you know, air purifiers and smart appliances and all that stuff. Um, that's become very affordable and easy to use for the average person um, very recently. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the next frontiers for that type of equipment is the farm. Um, you'd have to be kind of on the cutting edge today to, to implement those things. But uh, fast forward 10 years, you know, every farm is going to have a drone that takes off in the morning and does a sweep of, of the land and takes the data and it just gets uploaded to the cloud. And, mm -hmm. you know, the drone is a few hundred dollars. It's not, you know, like a $10,000 thing. It's yeah. relatively affordable. And, and with that data, you know, it all gets sent to the smart irrigators. They're all internet connected and they're, they're almost as, a, you know, the same price as a old school manual one. Um, so there's going to be a, a big sweep that happens. And anybody who doesn't 
um, you know, isn't paying attention or decides, you know, oh, I want to do it the old way. I think they're, they're not going to be competitive mm -hmm. because the new way is going to allow a farm to operate more efficiently um, at bigger scale with fewer, fewer human resources. Mm -hmm. And if you can um, do that, you're going to have a more, um, you know, sustainable product. You're going to have a less expensive product, you know, lettuces or uh, vegetables or sugarcane or, or whatever it is. Um, and that's, that's the name of the game when it comes to these like commodity crops hmm. uh, is the sustainability and the, um, the price that you're selling your goods for. Perfect. I think that's well said. And this is, this is leading straight into my next question, which is when you're looking at that iteration of what's going to be ahead of us in the next five to 10 years and how this industry is going to look like, do you think the current education system is aligned with that? I think it, it's, it's slowly moving towards that, um, mm -hmm. right? The education system is a, is a big ship. It takes a while to steer it in a new direction. Um, there's, there are absolutely a lot of uh, cutting edge programs mm -hmm. that are very much aligned in that direction. So a lot of our customers, um, our, our uh, universities and high schools that have 4-H programs or you know, future farmers of America type of stuff, Mm -hmm. um, ag clubs and those types of programs are investing in what they see as the future of ag which is uh, heavy technology focus um, you know robotics software AI that type of thing mm -hmm. um, genetics and so the those types of clubs um, and educational programs they're investing in technologies like farmbot and that I think is training um, these future farmers in the, you know, for the agriculture of tomorrow. Um, anybody who still, you know, has maybe a traditional ag program, uh, those are awesome skills. And, you know, people do need to know how to take care of animals and be able to um, grow a garden at home manually. That is super important skills. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be as marketable as a career path or you know as something that you put on a resume for a job in 10 years mm -hmm. um you know people might look at that and say well that's cool but um you know that sounds like a hobby do you know how to reprogram the drone mm -hmm. to uh you know get the data that we need to make sure that the smart irrigators are working uh and if somebody doesn't know how to do that that's not going to be um you know, they're not going to get the job compared to somebody who does. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. So on that note, what's your advice for students and graduates, whether they're in secondary tertiary and they're looking at the possible aspiration of agriculture, what's your advice for them? Um, I would say look at the way technology is progressing on just a general, in a general way. Um, and Think about how that applies to the farm, mm. uh, right? I think a lot of people think of farming as this old school manual thing. It's, it's sort of dirty and, um, you know, low wage um, process that is, is kind of stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is true to a degree, but technology has a way of, of 
kind of weaseling its way into everything um, because it does save time and resources and makes things better in a lot of ways when it's applied mm -hmm. properly. So look at the way that people, you know, everyone's got an iPhone in their pocket now or, or you know, a smartphone that has great cameras on it, GPS, mm -hmm. an internet connection, an AI chip. Um, what happens when you take all of that type of technology, the way that we work, you know, it's all remote, it's all done um, through the internet, basically. How do those types of technologies apply to the farm? Because even if they don't apply today, um, it's coming. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about that future um, and imagining what it's going to be like uh, is going to set you up to, to live in that future when it comes. Perfect. I love it. And obviously one of the biggest challenges right now for educators is they're teaching what they've known, what they've lived for the last, you know, 20, 30 years, but then there's this huge transition and students wanting to uptake with being digital natives and these technologies evolving more faster than ever before. What's your advice for the teachers that might have to guide the future generations of uh, future farmers. <laughs> I think it's it's also um, trying to imagine what the future is going to look like. Um, there's a lot of stuff that exists today or that has existed historically, um, but there's there are new technologies coming out. A farm bot, um, a lot of work with genetics, mm -hmm. um, all of these drones and you know big data, neural networks, all this stuff. Um, so getting students involved and exposed to the what's next right mm -hmm. um, not necessarily what is available today right now or has been the status quo for the last 2000 years uh, or however long agriculture has been around um, you know looking at where where things are going uh, mm -hmm. is going to be what sets students up the best and investing in um, you know activities and curriculum that sets them up in that way. Yeah. Uh, something that we're doing at, at FarmBot is we are developing open educational resources. Uh, it's free curriculum for uh, how to use FarmBot technology in the classroom and mm -hmm. teach related subject matter. So soil science, um, biology, sustainable farming, the economics of running a farm business, um, all of these things, you know, tie into the FarmBot technology and uh, FarmBot's awesome in the classroom because it's hands-on, it's um, internet connected, so so students are excited about it and it's kind of familiar. You use an app to control it. Um, it it's something that uh, young people uh, are familiar with in a way because it's technology and it's um, it's it's fun and new, um, and it's exposing them to. Uh, a field that may not be that exciting to them on the surface, um, you know, because they think of they think of farming as something that's a little more old school and, um, you know, yes. something that that is is not going to get them to where they want to be in life. Yeah, yeah, I think that's beautifully said, man. And obviously, Farmbot, I'm a fan of it. And can you please share? Um, how people can get in touch with you if um, if they want to learn more. And obviously we'll feature some links into the show notes as well. But how can they get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Yeah, so uh, if you just Google search FarmBot, we should be the first thing that pops up. Um, and our website is farm.bot. 
uh, and we have all sorts of resources online. So we have um, obviously information about the products themselves, but also um, the documentation for the hardware, how to build the, the FarmBot Genesis or FarmBot Express systems, uh, information about how to use the software, uh, everything from planting your first garden to doing uh, advanced sequences where you can really control every little aspect of the farm bot. There's ways to, if you're, if you're doing computer programming, you can uh, control it from a third party software that you author yourself. Uh, we have the open educational resources hub for teachers um, and you know anybody who's doing an educational project around farm bot. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of information on our website. And then you can also look up hashtag FarmBot on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and see uh, content from us as well as our customers and other schools and universities all over the world who are um, learning and growing crops and uh, coming up with new designs for hardware and software that make FarmBot even better and do new and exciting tasks. So yeah, just... Um, search away and there's there's a lot of information to eat up love it and i think this is the kind of work that excites people because there's a lot of value in it for humanity in general you're aligning with the united nations sdg goals you're actually doing something you enjoy playing with toys and technologies i love it so thank you so much mate i've learned a lot this is not an industry that um, i was i'm too familiar with personally but um, you've dropped some real knowledge on everyone and I'm sure the listeners took a lot away from it. So thank you so much for giving up your time. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. My pleasure. That's it for today's episode. Now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired. First up, jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes, as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for inspiring design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.